Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello and welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink, to expand your life. We're promoting pathological positivity today at Live on Purpose Radio. I've invited a good friend of mine to join me for some important discussion and conversation. Welcome, Chris Miles. Hey, thanks for having me on, Doctor. I'm thrilled that you're here. I am too. We've had some fun chats lately. Yes, we have a lot. And some... Earlier, too, because we've known each other for a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been... Chris, I'm not even sure what kind of introduction to give you. You're like the man, the myth, the legend. We'll start with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Bigfoot. Kind of. But shorter. Much o- shorter. Only a little shorter and less hairy. <laughs> well, I don't know. My wife might disagree with that one. But <laughs> so, Chris, maybe to introduce you, I'll jump right into the topic. Yeah. I, I, I teach my clients... That we have five key relationships. And we'll just see where you are with this, Mm because I think you might agree with me. At the top of that list, number one is the relationship you have with your Creator. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not here to have a spiritual discussion today, but I'm, I'm acknowledging to all of you listeners, too, that coming to an understanding of your source is important. So you get to work that out with your spiritual leader or advisor or... Whoever you choose. Okay, that's number one. Number two is yourself. Some people skip this one, and they go out and they're very compassionate and kind and forgiving to everyone, except for one, where they're a little more judgmental or cruel or unforgiving toward themselves. Right. Okay, that's an important one. And I jump on board heavy in my practice with that particular relationship, Mm. as well as the third one, which is family. Okay, now within family, there's a lineup too. Spouse, children, extended, in that order. You with me? I love it. That's perfect. Now, after family comes your relationship with other people. That's number four. So these are the people that you create value for. They're the people in your community, the people at the school, the people in the church, the people that you associate with outside of your family. And they're important as well, but they're not as important as your family is to you. Okay, you with me so far? Yep. And then there's number five, and that is your relationship with things. Things including money, property, stuff. And for that level, I call it stewardship. Right. Can you resonate with that term? Absolutely resonate with that. And I think we're going to be talking about that one today. (laughs) There are some important connections to all of the other relationships, too. And when we come to this one, this is one where people really get tied up sometimes because they think that money's going to solve their problems. And I invited you here today, Chris, because you have a, a unique understanding, I think, about stewardship and particularly with this very elusive concept that we call money. Right. This is how you make your living, right? It is. Yep, absolutely. You spend your days teaching and coaching and instructing people about the stewardship 
over money. Right. Is that fair enough? How's that for an introduction? That's absolutely fair and, and love the introduction. Yeah. I couldn't agree with those more. I love how it's so sequential too. Well, we should record. Oh, we did record it. Okay. You can use it. <laughs> well, let's, okay. So let's go into this a little bit. Start us off here. Give us an introduction or a take on stewardship that'll get us rolling in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I used to be tied to things a lot. Um, I actually started out, even though I majored in sociology and psychology, I actually went into the realm of money. That's right. I forgot that about yeah, you. I'm so weird. That you way. had just enough psychology to mess <laughs> you up forever, didn't you? Oh, yeah. And especially because I love social psychology. I love test and measurement statistics. I was mm-hmm. really weird that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love studying people. But I, I actually wanted to go into business consulting. And so okay. as a result, I end up saying, well, if I want to go into business consulting, I should probably have a business, right? Right. You know, I should have real life experience. And mm-hmm. so I was going to go into that, but I thought, well, what can I do as a business? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I ended up going into financial advising. Now, I did that for four okay. years and realized it didn't work. That's the, pretty much the summing up you the four years. You mean like traditional? Traditional financial advising. Thinking around financial advising. Yeah, because it is also around stuff. There's not a lot of talk of stewardship, is there? It's all about, right. it's a, it's all about the values in things, not in people. It's not even in you. It's, yeah. you're, you, they try to put your life into a calculator. And, and the only reason I know this is because I was guilty of it. I did it completely through and through. Well, it's almost like an, a, an idea that stuff has value. Right. As opposed to people value stuff. Right. They fail to realize yeah. that people came first, money comes second. You are the creator of money. Money would never exist right. if you were not here, right? That's right. And so, but it's usually flip-flopped, isn't it? it? All of a sudden, our lives rotate around money. Money becomes more important than people a lot of times, or stuff becomes more important than people. Yeah, and the yeah. way we treat each other a lot of times reflects that and that's how we true. spend our time, right? Yeah, that's really true. So that's where, uh, I mean, that's where I realized that for me personally, I, w- I, I became attached to stuff. I thought I'd be the guy that would go and retire and be the one that by 40 years old, save up a couple million dollars and then retire for good and be set, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I had a friend, his name was Doug, and uh, he, him and I got in this little argument about what's better, stocks or real estate? You know, he was doing some real estate investing. And finally mm. he stopped me. He said, Chris, what principles do you actually teach your clients? Mm. I said, well, what do you mean by principles? He said, there's your problem. I'm thinking, what do you mean, rule of 72, compound interest? He's like, no, that's not it. Not no. even close. No, 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 no. Not even close. And he said, all right, Chris, well, how about this question? How many of your clients are truly financially free where they're not worrying about money? Right. And I said, well, I've got a few physicians. Mm, none. Because mm. <laughs> even, even if they have a lot of money, they don't feel like they have a lot, right? There's still fear around even it. Even if the net worth is way up there. Exactly. Yep. They're still watching CNN, you know, the I'm communist news you. network, wondering if they're going to lose money. <laughs> and then he said, all right, well, good job, Chris. Way to make these people financially free. And he says, well, if anybody's got to figure it out, it should be you, right? Because if anybody's got to figure it out, it's you as financial advisors and planners. Mm-hmm. So how many of you are financially free, not off the commissions you're making by selling the stuff that hasn't worked, mm-hmm. but actually based on applying those things, mm-hmm. actually using this? And I thought, I said, none, maybe one. And I realized that one wasn't either when he got fired. He was right back to looking for work again. Right. He says, there's your problem. And, and from those ensuing conversations, I started to realize, like, wait, there's, there are some principles at play here. And so I actually left that industry. This is back in 2006. Left okay. that and ended mm-hmm. up was able to retire a few months later in my business, which was awesome. I didn't have to save a lot of now, money. this I didn't word have retirement is an interesting thing. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if we're going to get into that whole conversation mm-hmm. today. That little rabbit hole. Yeah. But what you're talking about is freedom. 
Yes. It was cash flow. Right. Yeah. I had cash flow coming in from my business where I was working a few hours a week. It was kind of like the whole Tim Ferriss four-hour work week. It, for <laughs> right. me, it was more like two a week. But I was able to get business things in place, people in place. Mm-hmm. They were able to help me and my business create value for other people. And I was able to have more than enough income coming in to take care of my expenses. And that was awesome. Yeah. And now, t- until I ruined my stewardship. <laughs> and I'll get into okay. that here, too. There's more to that story. Oh, and there's more. There's yeah. something th- that you mentioned, and, and we kind of glossed over it, but I think we're going to come back to this as well. Yeah. You mentioned principles. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's a huge difference between principle and technique. Yes. Or strategy, or what was the other word that you used for that? Uh, strategies. A yeah. strategy, yeah. okay. So the principles are a more fundamental mm-hmm. um, concept that, when understood, will guide the strategies. Right. You miss the principles, you can absolutely tank on the strategies. Right. Yeah, you can drive a race car, but if you don't know how to drive like Al Unser Jr., mm. you're going you're gonna to die, right? <laughs> you're, gonna, you're not going to use it to its full advantage. It's not necessarily a good idea to give yourself more power right? if you don't know how to manage the power. Yeah, just watch Tim Allen in, in the Home Improvement, right? Arr, 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 arr. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, that, and that's why stewardship is such an important principle. Yeah. Well, let's... Uh, okay, so uh, fundamental principles. Mm-hmm. Where do we start? A great place to start is checking to see where, where your mind is. When you think about money, mm-hmm. what emotions come up, right? And I'm sure you see this all the time with your patients. Oh, yeah. Um, just like I see with my clients, too. There's so much that comes up emotionally with money. A lot of times, things that we've learned from our parents, things we've learned through experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'll tell you, I mean, I've had the great ups. I've had the downs. I mean, I had a situation where I was almost a million dollars in debt mm-hmm. and in the hole by $15,000 a month. That was not oh, fun for wow. me. Not fun for my wife. Or our marriage. That or doesn't our kids. look like freedom. No. It or wasn't. happiness. But it's, that's the cool thing is that, you know, just like coal, when it's, you know, my, my, everything I touched turned to gold, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden turned to coal. But the great thing about coal is that when it's under immense pressure, it can become a diamond. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what happened in that situation is that it got better. Like I started to learn those tools. I learned about that stewardship more in- It's intimately. almost like you had to. Yeah, by, by force. Prosper or perish. <laughs> exactly. It was, a, it was a do or die situation, right? And, uh, right. And, and that was a, it was a real rough time, but I, I realized that there's a lot of emotions around money, even for myself. I knew it was, I know it was a, I know what it feels like to be free. I know what it felt like to be broke and to be in bondage. And, uh, and a lot of times what I see with people that there's two emotions that come up or two, I would say, perspectives that come up with money. Mm-hmm. One's in scarcity and one's in abundance. One's more of lack. One's more of, not, of unlimits, right? Plenty. No limits. There's plenty. It's right. more than enough to spare, right? Um, there's even a sense of being the victim versus being the hero. It's all part of the same thing. And what I've seen is that if you have the spender mentality, for example, that's more of scarcity, right? You know, many people spend for different reasons. I see some people spend because their parents were such strict savers. Mm-hmm. They felt like they're so tight. They said, I got to free myself. And so I don't ever want to be feeling like I'm, I can never afford anything again. Mm-hmm. There's some people that spend for different reasons that don't seem as irresponsible, they might just spend because they say, listen, I could spend it on something like this, but I've noticed my money always disappears when I have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So I better use it now for something else. And so mm-hmm. they're always chasing for money. They always seem to have just enough, but they never seem to have more, right? They never seem to have the anything in the bank, yeah. the abundance to go with it. So that's there's scarcity around there. Scarcity is rooted in fear, especially, right? There's a lot of fear in that. Um, there's, you know, I like to see the five emotions are fear, doubt, worry, 
Also greed and impatience. Hmm. All emotional symptoms of scarcity. So oh, Okay, interesting. So you're saying if, if we check ourselves and what feelings are triggered when we start mm-hmm. to think about or talk about or discuss money, right? those feelings will give us an indicator that we might be in scarcity. Yeah, and you never want to make a decision in scarcity because scarcity drives away money. It makes it worse. So, whoa, 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 whoa Chris. I can almost anticipate what people might be thinking here. Uh-huh. Because... If I have no money, then the scarcity is real. And that's what's causing my feelings. Well, you, you teach this concept great. I mean, that's where you're teaching my event next week about, right? Is, that's right. Is that perspective. Is, yeah, okay, so the, the real story is there is no money there, right? At least nothing you see in the account. That's the fact. Yeah. But is it, does it really mean that you're poor or broke? You know what this reminds me of? Huh. You've been out on on boats before, like a yeah. motor boat out on the lake. And can you imagine standing on the back of the boat, and you see the wake behind the boat? And mm-hmm. You say, "Wow, look at that wake pushing the boat." <laughs> the wake's not pushing the boat. The boat created the wake. The wake's there because the boat came through. Right. So what you're suggesting is this mentality, this this scarcity mindedness, pre-exists. The lack of money. Right. Did I get that right? Absolutely. But we get it backwards sometimes, and we say that the wake's pushing the boat. Look, right. I feel scarcity because I don't have any money. I'm the victim of the circumstance, not the other way around. Where it's right? more likely that I don't have money because I'm in scarcity. Right. As a mindset, as a paradigm. Right. There's always a lag effect for what you do to create it. And what I've seen, a lot of times people lack the faith mm. or the, the persistence to see the fruit of the, that that perspective of that abundance paradigm, right? Kind of like planting a seed and saying, oh, crap, it didn't grow. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, it's, like, it's like if you've ever seen the movie Faith Like Potatoes. I mm. love the example they use there where the potatoes, if you dig them up too early, you kill it. So you have to almost have faith yeah. in hoping that it's actually growing underneath the surface. Let's you rip can't it up see it. and see how it's doing. Yeah, let's rip it up prematurely. And then you're like, oh, well, I just killed it. Got it. Yeah, and many people do that. They self-sabotage so often. Um, so yeah, so that okay. spender mentality is part of scarcity, but also the saver mentality too, Okay, where people accumulate and hoard. On the far, far extreme, they will hoard it, right? right. They'll want to save and save and save. It's never enough. It's this insatiable appetite, right? Mm. And so as a result, that's where they're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I, I want more. And, and maybe they'll save. I've seen people, I had a guy where he saved $500,000. And uh, we said, you know, we could, we could uh, take away, uh, you know, we could take 100000 of that, pay off the debt. Mm-hmm. Free up fifty thousand dollars a year I from mean, from debt service from, from debt service fifty thousand a year from just a hundred thousand bucks. His worry was, well, then I'll have nothing to retire on. His wife had a point that says, "Honey, you still have four hundred thousand dollars left, and fifty thousand dollars more a year in your life, and you're in your sixties." But that's the scarcity mentality. It's like we have this skewed lens of how we see it. So it's really based in fear. It is. Absolutely. Even the greed wow. and impatience that seems like optimism is actually fear-based as well. Because right. you, you think, well, I got to get this opportunity because what if it's the last one? And, yeah, and we've, well, see, we've seen a lot of people last. do that. Yeah, it's like, it's like we got to get in now because what if I Well, the market it? kind of drives that too. Oh, Advertisers fear and that greed. create scarcity. Yeah, it's all about scarcity. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's where we start. Mm-hmm. We'll get to stewardship uh-huh. after, afterward, but yeah. Yeah, well, we absolutely need somewhere to go from there. Yep. But so let's underscore the fact that it starts with a mindset 
right. a pattern of thinking, scarcity or abundance, and if you're in scarcity, you're going to be stuck there for a while. That's right. Oh, boy. Okay, we'll be right back. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hit messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. Thank you for listening to Live on Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com Success in any endeavor does not happen by accident. Rather, it's the result of deliberate decisions, conscious effort, and immense persistence, all directed at specific goals. Gary Ryan Blair Okay, halfway through. And right. we're, we're not even halfway through the content. Not even close. That we could cover. I'm, you mentioned an event. You and I are, are doing a two-day event. This is your right. event. You've invited me to come and share what I know about perspective and paradigm. And, and I'm excited to be a part of that because we're yeah. on the same page here. It starts with your mindset. Mm-hmm. And before the break, you introduced to us that, that there's, there's scarcity and there's abundance. Right. And you can tell when you're in scarcity when you start to feel the fear or when you notice greed or urgency or... You didn't say urgency, but I translated it that way in my mind. Impatience. Um, What were some of the others that you mentioned? Uh, Greed. Well, that's kind of where the urgency came in, but yeah, all those. Okay, so... you And fear. Mm -hmm. All right, that's one of the big ones right there. And I think we get to live in fear or faith. Right. We're going to choose one of those. And then stemming from that are some personality approaches to money. You mentioned mm-hmm. spending. 
Right. You mentioned saving. Right. Both of which, the way you described them, are manifestations of this scarcity mentality. Right. So, what can we do about this, and what's the alternative? Where do we go from there? Yeah. See, the, the, abundance, the abundance paradigm is really the, the middle point of those two scarcity. So if you think of those two as being like two far ends of the spectrum, right? You have mm. spender on one side, like saver on the other. Like of. a pendulum, exactly. Okay. In the middle, in the, right there, is where the abundance is, and that's why I call stewardship. So you have spender, saver, and then steward. Stewardship. So this is the middle ground. This is what we're shooting for as a healthy place this is the dharma right this got is the middle ground it. okay yeah because uh, you gotta have you can the great thing is no matter where you are on the spectrum mm-hmm. you take the best of whichever area you are if you're more the spender the best part of the spender is that they're willing to use money as stewards if they're in the right mindset right on the saver right. side they're willing to be wise with the money they're not willing just to blow it which is good too if you can so put these aren't together, evil thoughts it's just that we're taking it to an extreme if we're in right. scarcity exactly Okay. Exactly. So you can be anybody can be a steward. You just take the best of what you are, put it together. And if you're if you are that hoarder, for example, if you're the person that's on the saver side, mm-hmm. you the thing you need to work on is okay. How can I be willing to let it go, and use right. it to create more as a steward, right? And this person that's spenders, okay, how can I be willing to not let it blow or let it you know, let it go away, right? Waste um, it and waste it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And uh, it, if you've ever heard the parable of the talents in the Bible, right? Oh yeah, you know the parable sure. of the talents. There's the three the three servants. You know, mm-hmm. one of them's given one coin or one talent. One's mm-hmm. given two, and the other's given five. And, right. uh, and what happens is, after a certain period of time, there's a time of reckoning. They come back to report what they did with that money. Mm-hmm. And when they came back to report, and of course I'm paraphrasing. This yeah. is the slightly non eubonics version of the Bible, right? Got it. Um, I'm not going to say ye or yay. And uh, and as they're going through it, like the one that comes back with five comes back with five more. Uh-huh. And of course, the master says, "Hey, well done, thou good and faithful nice servant. Nice job. Nice job. You're, I gave you a little bit to be responsible for, and you made a lot. So come here, and I'll give you a ton in my whole kingdom." Yeah. Right? And so he gets rewarded. The one with two came back with two more, and got the same exact reward. Right. Now the one with one was the saver. He was the one that was a hoarder. He was afraid of losing it, so he buried it. Yeah, dug a hole and hid it. He dug a hole. He came back, says, "Hey, here it is." Now, I know you're a hard man. You, you reap where you don't sow, but here it is. Take it. Um, at least I'm paying you back. At least I didn't lose it. Yeah. Now, if we threw in a spender here, we probably have you know Al that has three talents given to him. He comes back with none. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but in this case, you know, the, the point is the person that buried it didn't do anything with it. That person was the one that was cast out. That was uh-huh. the one that got in trouble. Right. In fact, the, the one that had the one, he came back. The one was given to one that made ten. Right. It says, because, hey, you're going to make more with it. Here you go. Hey, maybe I can trust this guy. Exactly. Uh-uh. And that's the kind of feeling you should have with money is it's not something to be wasted. It's not something to be hoarded because it can rust and canker your soul. I mean, it's, it's something that destroys relationships when you put so much emphasis and value on money, right? I've seen that a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of relationships break up because of it. Right. But, but not to mention the stress and mm. depression and anxiety that people feel over oh, yeah. this topic. Oh my goodness, especially if you're a man, you know, where, right. where if you feel like you're the provider of the home, you're not providing, there's a whole feeling of lack of self-worth that happens. I know I felt it because being in the whole 15,000 a month, and not mm. only that, I was supposed to be teaching people about money, and I was broke. You felt like a big old hypocrite. Absolutely. I thought, oh, well, who am I to teach this, right? I'm a fraud. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, it's a hoax. So 
I mean, that was those, all those struggles that he had to go through. I mean, there's right. a lot of emotions around it. And so to get to that place, if you could not say, you know what, money is meant to be used. It's not meant to be hoarded because, hey, the people that are the best hoarders were Egyptians. They got buried with their money. And how'd that work out for them? Mm-hmm. They yeah. didn't, it, just got, it just got taken by robbers. Yeah. It, we, we were born with nothing. We leave with nothing. Everything in between is stewardship. So yeah. how can we be responsible to create more? How can we bless more people's lives with that money? That mm. is the real key with money. That is the purpose of money. And I the love, more people's lives you bless, the more you'll get. I love what you're onto here, Chris, because it, it also reveals the actual nature of money. Yeah. Why would money ever flow to you? It's because you've created some kind of value for somebody. Exactly. Product, a service, whatever it is, you've blessed someone's life in a way that the money returns to you as a receipt right. for the value that you've created. And thinking of money as a receipt really helps me to put it in the right place. Then I focus yeah. on the value, not the receipts for the value. Right. And I get focused more on creating more of that value. And in the same way, in expense, money leaves you. Why would money ever leave you? Right. Because you received exactly. something of value and you gave the money as a receipt for that. Yeah, I call it creators and consumers. People mm-hmm. consume. The way they consume is they create so they can consume, right? Mm-hmm. But creators, they consume so they can create more. Right. A very distinct perspective difference there, right? Exactly. And it's, and it's focused on the creation of value. Absolutely. It, it, dollars will always follow the value you create for other people. And I always tell people, like, mm-hmm. you know, you hear sometimes as entrepreneurs, you'll hear, yeah. do what you love, the money will follow. Right. That's junk. <laughs> it's, you can't do what you love the money will follow that's, it's, it's, it's only partially true yeah it's partially true it's yeah. incomplete it's do what you love that others love you doing and then money yes. can follow yes 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 and I say can because you could still be you know not have the right, right disciplines in business you could be creating all the value in the oh, world oh you can give it away it. you can give it away and, and, or not be able to receive value because you don't feel you're worth that so you right. don't accept payments you don't accept money and you wonder why you never have any and you're like, oh, well, I, I'm just being a good person. No, 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 no. Don't good pay person, me. Good people and money don't, don't exist. That's impossible, right? Right. The, I mean, and we could go down that rabbit hole too. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's the whole point is if you know how to be a good steward, you'll understand that money can flow. It's all about the flow. And the more right. it flows in your life, that's why I talk about cash flow, right? It's not how much mm-hmm. you accumulate because people can accumulate $5 million and feel broke. I've seen many, many people do it. And then they wonder, and they're living yeah. in scarcity. It's not the amount of money that you have. It's, what, That's right. it's how you perceive it and how you use it. And that makes all the difference. Now, some of our listeners might be thinking, okay, Chris, this is easy for you because you've got money. <laughs> uh, and that's why you shared <laughs> with I us. I hear that too. <laughs> yes. You've been in a different place. Mm-hmm. You've learned these lessons the hard way. Right. And... Our listeners are all welcome to do the same thing, aren't they? They are. I don't recommend it. But or they're welcome to it. <laughs> trust Chris enough to listen to what he's saying here. Because I have personally witnessed this, not only in my own life, but in the lives of hundreds of clients and associates, where, where this understanding of scarcity versus abundance is where we start. Right. And then we apply wise strategies to that principle exactly and it flows it does you think about and flow when you said flow i thought open versus restricted Mm. which one's going to create the most flow and start with your mind is your mind open right now right to some new possibilities to thinking about money in a different way 
in a way that creates freedom instead of restriction. Right. And that's what we're talking about here. Exactly. So have you got some tips for us? I do. I was hoping that you did. Oh, I've got tons. <laughs> so awesome. The first one I'd say is, and this is the one I always say is the basic foundation, especially if you're trying okay. to be a better steward, is mm-hmm. you've got to know your numbers. You've got to track your money. Uh, so if those of you that are entrepreneurs, if you have a business, use QuickBooks, things like that, track your money in your business. Mm-hmm. Those of you that are not, uh, those, or even, even if you are an entrepreneur, but in your personal life, mm-hmm. use things like mint.com. That's a free resource. Uh-huh. Mint as an M-I-N-T, like double your pleasure, double your fun with extra double mint gum. There right? you go. Yeah. That kind of stuff, right? Mint.com is great because it's an easy... I don't like having to track my money on paper and check registers like the old methods were. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to keep it all in a little book and every little... So we got technology, use it. Got technology and they do, do it for you. I mean, I spend maybe four to five minutes a week because I update my numbers weekly and I recommend people do the same. Mm-hmm. Is what came in, what goes out. And you could update those numbers in a matter of a minute or so. Mm-hmm. But then looking at it, actively looking at what's going on, what do you have to expect? What's, what's going to go out? What's going to come in? And really be able to plan. And this is especially a big bonus if you do this with your spouse. I really recommend yeah. spouses do this once per week. Pick you know, 15 to 30 minutes a week. Just It could be a morning, evening, lunchtime, weekend, Sunday, whatever it might be. Like pick a time where you two can get on the same page. And the key thing is here is not letting those scarcity emotions take over. Don't accuse. Okay. Don't hurt each other. But really look at it from a standpoint of, right, this is where we are. Forget the past. We can learn from that. But right now, where we are, how can we move forward together? You know, what can yeah. we do? And, uh, and some of those couples I get, sometimes they're really emotional about it, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and some of them just cannot do it. And, well, they can, but they have a hard time with it. They can. They'll have to change their mind. They do. So a lot of times yeah. I'll have them try and exercise. I'm like, well, pretend this is like your kids or like if they're older married kids or maybe it's another couple or a friend or a family member that you know. Pretend you're looking at their money and saying, well, what would we recommend for our friends? Mm-hmm. So separate your emotions, at least at first. This mm-hmm. is not a good long-term strategy, but at least to get in the, the habit of not getting too overly worked up. Well, what you're saying is really is spot on, Chris, because as a psychologist, I know that our fight-or-flight response uh-huh. to natural defense mechanism that our mind has to threat. And right. if you see money as a threat, either to your current happiness or to your future happiness, you will naturally enter a fight-or-flight reaction right you'll have that reaction the downside that tends to decrease blood flow to the frontal cortex of your brain which is the part you need for thinking (laughs) yeah exactly it just shuts it down it's a defense mechanism and it's natural but getting out of that that's why it's so important to get into an abundance mindset it is what it is yeah you look at your financial situation and it's better than most Mm mm-hmm I can confidently say that about all of our listeners. Absolutely. It's better than most. Now, could it be better than it is? Sure. And, yep. and that will always be true. Right. So there's always an upgrade available. It is what it is. Get into that abundance mindset. And then you're saying, track the numbers. Yeah. You got to know the Manage numbers. Manage the numbers. What's that law okay. of attention? Whatever you put your attention towards expands and grows. But whatever you ignore will atrophy and decay. This is something I could really improve on because my wife is the one that takes care of all the numbers. <laughs> Vicky tracks it all, and I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, at so least somebody that's is, good right? for me. But yeah, yeah it's, but it's good at least if you know you'd be on the same page. You don't have to be the nerdy number person. Like if she yeah. more likes that stuff and you don't, well, good. Use each other's strengths, but still be able to know like as the CEO of your home or whatever it might be, just hey, what, know where it is. What's going on? Yeah. And what factors control 
the bringing in of the money and the going out of the money? What, what value is attached to those things? What are we consuming that's causing right. the expenses? What value are we creating that's bringing the income? Yeah. That's important to understand. And even if you're doing that, which very few people do, great. Find ways to actually um, mm-hmm. create more goals. How can you make this better? There's always ways to improve our communication as couples. So we might have time for one more quick tip. What's mm-hmm. another one? I think another one would be, let's talk about debt. Um, there's okay. a lot of things on savings in other places, but let's talk about debt. Okay. If I'm going to look at debt, again, debt... Remember the parable of the talents, right? Right. It's interesting to, under, to realize that all three of those men were in debt. It wasn't their money. Okay. They borrowed the money, didn't they? It was somebody else's. Somebody else's money they had to still mm-hmm. pay back. Um, when you put fear around debt, that's when you tend to have more of it. And even when you pay it off, you will never be financially free. You will never feel free. The Dave Ramsey approach, which is why my ebook's called Beyond Rice and Beans, uh-uh. doesn't work. You know? That's why. You got you to not fear debt. You got to respect it, though. As a steward, remember, come in the middle. Don't fear it from a saver or spender standpoint. Respect right. it. That, yes, it can kill you, but it can also help you. But you have to, you have to ask yourself, what kind of steward am I to make that better? Right. And so uh, when I talk about paying off debt, the big thing, the real easy key is, how do I pay off the lowest balance with the highest payment? Lowest mm. balance with the highest payment. I don't even care about the interest rate okay. nearly as much. It's lowest balance with highest payment. That's because that's going to free up the most stuff. That frees up the most quickest. cash. And that will put you in the best state of mind. <sighs> now, you've got more. I've got a lot more. Of these tips. And you mentioned your ebook. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's bring that up. If you'll go to Money Ripples, Money, R-I-P-P-L-E-S, mm-hmm. MoneyRipples.com. That's your website. That's my website. And you're offering a free ebook yep. to our listeners. Yes. And anyone else they refer. Exactly. A free ebook. It's called Beyond Rice and Beans. Chris Miles has put together a number of cash flow tips or strategies that you mm-hmm. can apply right. to start freeing up some cash and to get to that state of financial freedom that we're talking about. Exactly. So Beyond Rice and Beans, free ebook at moneyripples.com. Thank you. Chris, Thank you. For that. Yeah. Anything else you want to say in parting? Just remember, it's principles first, strategy second. Once you get this principle of stewardship down, these strategies that you'll read in this ebook will be amplified. It'll become much, much better. And that's where it is. Cash flow creates options, and more options in your life creates more freedom. Beautiful. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Everybody, go live on purpose. 